Hello, I am Sandra Ezekwesili and you come to me for hard facts. The world keeps turning and you're trying to keep up. The fight against coronavirus has the option. But there's so much noise drowning out the news. Talking heads, broadcast messages, press releases. They're telling you their side, but you just want the facts. And that's why you come to me. I give you the statistics without spin. Out of 116 million working age Nigerians, 35.5 million are employed full-time. That's 30%. I give you the context. I give you the history. I fight fake news with facts. Kayode. No, Kayode, I will, I will let you talk. Kayode. Kayode, I will let you talk if you let me talk. Kayode. That's why more and more Lagosians are tuning in. Half a million. 720,000. 970,000 of you. They know that if you give me your afternoon, I will give you hard facts. I am Sandra Ezekwesili, and these are your hard facts. Good afternoon. I'm Sandra Ezekwesili. And these are your hard facts. First hard fact of the day, 1,056 confirmed cases yesterday. 1,055. This second wave, I always tell you, is not playing. It's not joking with you. I told you last week that we now have at least 13 cases of the B117. I also repeated it again yesterday uh, when we were doing our COVID um, roundup stories on the big hard fact. And B117 variant tends to have more hospitalizations it spreads faster and wider so you have to be careful Lagos you have to take your precautions you have to stay home if you don't have to go out all right and when you do go out wear your mask maintain your distance from people wash and sanitize your hands frequently let's keep ourselves and each other safe and of course, keep listening to Hard Facts for the most accurate information on COVID-19 and, and so much more, really. On the big three today, let's talk about Sheikh Gumi asking government to grant amnesty to repentant bandits. Then let's talk about the court ordering CBN to unfreeze the accounts of NSAR's protesters. Finally. And then let's talk about Kaduna State contracting a drone service to deliver COVID-19 vaccines. It's Wednesday. We're bringing you the glass ceiling. I love Wednesday because we fight a lot on Wednesday, you and I. (laughs) And I have a feeling we're going to be fighting today because we're talking about chores. We're talking about domestic responsibilities and how um, they affect women, how they affect uh, child care. Uh, We're talking about running the household. What's the impact of this on women? Why are more couples not splitting the housework even when both the husband and the wife have jobs outside the home? That's a conversation we'll have at four o'clock. I'm already tying my rapper for the fight that we'll fight today. On Balogu and Broad, let's talk about cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency exchanges and the CBN's new restrictions. We're going to look at the impact on business and investment. We're going to be talking to Tokumba Fikuyomi from Steers Business again. Yes, I was able to force him to come back. <laughs> we're also going to be talking to uh, somebody from Binance. We're, we're talking to their uh, Nigeria director uh, for finance. 
They're called Binance. And uh, they're one of the big crypto exchanges affected by this new rule. So their, Niger- their director here in Nigeria will be on the show with me. You'll get news updates at the top of every hour. Listen to every minute if you want to win just a minute. Because on Hard Facts, the questions are taken from every single thing I say. So if you want to win, just listen from 3 all the way until 6. And you will definitely win something today. After the news at 6, don't go away, especially if you really wanted to call in and say something and you couldn't get through. Because after the news at 6, I come back on air for like 15 minutes and give you a chance to talk about all the conversations we've had on Hard Facts um, to that particular day. It happens every Wednesday and Thursday. So if you've been tuning off as soon as I'm done, stop tuning off. And you shouldn't anyway, because there's so much more fun stuff happening um, when I'm not on air. You've got Game On with Femi and the Gang. You've got Conversations with Rufai, you've got um, uh, Let's Talk uh, from Voice of America. That one happens at 6.30 on Wednesdays. Irechi Bakari Yusuf is on air at 6.30 on Thursdays, bringing you insane conversations with a lot of old names in Lagos. They're telling you about Lagos uh, from their perspective. Um, yeah, so it's really great. Don't tune off when I'm done. Stay here because the talk never stops on 99.3 Nigeria Info. Let's bring you today's Big Three. This is the Big Three. The Big Three. On the hard facts. On 99.3 Nigeria Info. Is there really no other way for the state to end the banditry menace without uh, amnesty? Should NSAR's protesters have had their accounts frozen in the first place? Are drones the answer to the Pfizer vaccine storage challenges? Those are the big three, Lagos. Let's talk. Sheikh Gumi, Sheikh Ahmad Abubakar Gumi was on the morning crossfire in Abuja. If you are ever in Abuja, Nigeria Info is there. You can listen, 95.1. If you're never in Abuja and you would actually like to listen to Nigeria Info in Abuja, just dial www.nigeriainfo.fm, click Abuja or click Port Harcourt or Click Lagos. So we've got three stations uh, that you can listen to um, across the nation. But um, um, yeah, he was on Nigeria Info Abuja. And you know him by now, of course. He's a he's a famous Muslim cleric. And he's been in the news a lot recently over his comments about the need to grant amnesty to repentant bandits as a way to resolve the insecurity that uh, we are seeing in many parts of the country, especially the North. And so on the show, Swat, who is the show host in Abuja, asked him about that. And he said some really interesting things like this. We have to incorporate them into the security system. Pay them salary. Yes, they're Nigerian. The government should be ready for that. What if Nigerians say, well, we do not want this sort of thing because you guys okay, are... Okay, then Nigerians should be ready to, uh, to be kidnapped and nobody's going to protect them because nobody controls that bush. Nobody. You can't see any kind of siblings of any governance there. That's why they feel safe there. So the best thing is just to negotiate with these people. They are humans. They want normal life. The ball is in the court of the government now. I'm telling you, 100%. Now they are overstretched. You can, you can move it. A distance of more than 100 kilometers, you know, one person. Okay. That was first. That's why they don't have enough number. The economy cannot hold such number of hands. So it's a vicious cycle of weakness and weakness. 
Now, let's un- unpack some of the things that uh, uh, Sheik had to say. He, sa- he said that there has to be amnesty for the bandits. And that particular point has been quite controversial. Some people say, why not? After all, government also gave amnesty to uh, Niger Delta militants. But you have those who say that the Niger Delta militants was a different situation because according to them, President Yaradua said that even though the militants were breaking the law, the demands behind their agitation were justified. They were agitating for increased investment of oil wealth in the Niger Delta, which produces the oil. So the question being asked by those who disagree with Shigumi is what cause or agitation are these bandits dedicated to? Or are they just criminals without a civil rights cause? And if it's the latter, what is the moral justification for amnesty for them? But if you listen to the Sheikh's words, you see he is making an argument for pragmatism, not morality. Gumi is saying that the security architecture is overstretched and doesn't have the capacity to stop the bandits. And so instead of fighting a battle that cannot be won, better to make a deal and get them to put, out, put down their arms willingly. So first of all, I want to know if you agree with the Sheikh that our security forces are stretched too thin to stop the bandits. He said they're in these forests and we don't have government presence in these forests anyway. So that's why they are comfortable there. They are at home there and they'll keep carrying people into these forests. And second of all, if you agree, I want to know who you believe is responsible for that situation. What needs to be to be done to remedy this, oh, our security architecture is stretched to thing thing? Because remember, if it is true, then after giving these bandits amnesty, the security architecture will still be overstretched. And so what happens if another set of bandits rise rise up? Do we also give them amnesty? Let's talk, Lagos. What do you think about what uh, Sheikh Gumi had to say? 0700-993-993-993. Are you for or against amnesty for bandits on pragmatic grounds? 0700-993-993-993. We've got WhatsApp. You can send us a message on WhatsApp. If getting through to the phone lines is difficult, WhatsApp is 080-959-75805. 080-959-75805. That's for WhatsApp. And of course, you can get in touch via um, Twitter. Or Facebook, where we're streaming live. Facebook is Nigeria Info 99.3. Twitter is at Nigeria Info FM. We've got Peter on the line. Peter is in Aja today. Hello, Peter. Thank you so much for calling us. Peter, hello. hello. Thanks for calling. I want to ask whether government is ready eh, for mm. all this killing now, whether they're not ready to stop all this killing in the, uh, all, uh, uh, everywhere. I want to know whether they 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 don't ready to stop all, for, to stop all this killing. I want to ask because the same issue, this battle, since many years ago, the same issue till today. Whether they don't ready to stop all this killing. That's what I want to know. All right, thank you for calling me to ask Peter. Since I'm not government, I can't answer that question. Leo in Victoria Island, hello. Hi, good afternoon. Good afternoon to you. Welcome. Go ahead. 
Yeah, I mean, so the the argument that Gumi is making mm-hmm. sounds sounds reasonable, but the, the logic of it is is leaves a lot to to be desired. And there's an underlying truth resulting in the banditry in the first place. Mm. So, and some of that case is insecurity reinforcing insecurity. What do I mean? So, there's a migration of Boko Haram ex-Boko Haram people, if you like, who are, or extensions of them who are in the business of kidnapping and raising money for the main gang, mm. who then drove the farmers away from their farms, and now the farmers have joined the ranks of the kidnappers. So, uh, because there is, an, there is there's an economic imperative driving the farmers to then go into the business. So, right now, it is a business. There is no agitation for anything like you correctly mentioned about the Niger Delta. This is just criminality. And you cannot hand over freedom to criminals unless you have demonstrated an ability to deal with the crime in the first place. The only reason that Amnesty worked to some extent under Eradua, even in the Niger Delta, was that the government showed sufficient presence to deal with the issue, but chose the path of reconciliation. Hmm. But where it is obvious that the bandits are having a field day, like Gumi mentioned, mm-hmm. you can go hundreds of kilometers without government presence. Mm-hmm. What, why would they want to come to the table? You have nothing to offer them except freedom for them to even invest more, if you like, if, I, if I'm permitted to use the word invest, but to even do more, commit more, more atrocities. Hmm. Another thing wrong with the argument is that these people cannot be an extension of the security apparatus because they are plain criminals. No agitation behind it. No point being in the booth. They are already criminals. Hmm. Now, if we are going to vet people for security mm-hmm. and you carry thieves that are not provoked by any social goal into the criminality that they are exhibiting mm-hmm. and you want to make them extensions of the security apparatus, mm-hmm. then that's crazy. What's wrong with having vigilantes? and then formalizing the recruitment of vigilantes and expanding and equipping them. That's a more reasonable argument Hmm. than to say um, you will fight these criminals by making them stink. And the whole point of um, 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 repentant banditry is ridiculous. In the realm of law, it is not repentance. It is either justice or amnesty, you know, or you grant yourself pardon. Right. The whole concept of pardon is that the person is guilty. Right. Now, the government has not even been able to grab a hold of this person, let alone bring the person to a point where they are saying, okay, we, we, we are repentant, we don't want to do anymore. It's just a lazy approach that is going to backfire because places that are peaceful will then see benefit in um, going into crimes because then the government, you catch, you catch the government's attention hmm. and you get to, 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 to enjoy the fruits of that attention. That's my view. Leo, thank you very much for a very informed view there. You're listening to Hard Facts on 99.3 Nigeria Info. If you just tuned in, we're having a conversation about uh, Sheikh Ahmed Abubakar Gumi's interview on the morning crossfire in Abuja. Abuja's dial for Nigeria Info is 95.1. So if you're ever there, make sure to tune in. If you're not there and you're curious what they're talking about in Abuja today, go online, www.nigeriainfo.fm.
FM. But yes, he was there. And on the show, he uh, talked again about granting amnesty to repentant bandits as a way to resolve the insecurity that we are seeing in many parts of the country. And the question I'm asking you is what you think about what he had to say. Are you for amnesty for bandits or are you against amnesty for bandits? Because he's suggesting that this happens on pragmatic grounds. If you listen to his words, you see him making an argument for pragmatism, not morality. He's saying that the security architecture is overstretched, doesn't have the capacity to stop the bandits. We've got um, Dawood in our yobo. Hello, Dawood. Thanks for calling. Hello, good afternoon, President Sandra. Good afternoon. Welcome. Go ahead. You want to disagree with who? Okay, can, can you come closer to your phone? Because you, you, ah. Hello, can you hear me? Fantastic. Go ahead. I want to disagree with what that Sheikh said. Yes, okay. If we keep giving all these bandits amnesty because of what they have done, mm-hmm. I think more and more people will use that opportunity and also demand amnesty from the government. Mm-hmm. It's just because our security in the country is so poor. That is why bandits are, are very much, especially in those northern parts whereby they have vast lands. If, I, I think we have the likes of Air Force. If our soldiers cannot go to cop them um, in the forest where they are operating, Right. I think the the air force should come to to the rescue. Even though it's just, uh, it might seem square, but maybe if they can just annihilate them in their um, hideout, I think that should be a better option than seeking amnesty with them every time over and over and over again. Thank you, Daudu. Thank you very much for calling. It was a pleasure talking to you. Ninety nine point three. Hello. Hello. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Welcome to Hard Facts. What's your name? My name is Daniel, coming from Lexi. Welcome, go ahead. Okay, I don't know why any time we have specific issues this year, so we find not all leaders coming out to say, give money to them. Hello, I said something like this. Sometimes they go when you're talking about things in Kaduna, and they said at them, they should give money to those people. Now, the question I want to ask, what do you say? We already identified people as being criminals or bandits. Isn't it? Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, they are the problem. In other words, they are the ones that are making the place insecure for the ordinary citizens mm. or for the members of the community where they are actually operating. Okay. You know, so we should make them to become the, how do I put it now? Is it bring them into police or bring them into the security system? Now, who are they going to be? Who are, who are the criminals they are not going to be catching? Jonathan, I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. You caught a thief that is responsible for continuously stealing. You understand? Okay. Now, this is really identified. We're talking about how to arrest them, how to discourage that, or maybe even to um, orientate them. Now, you're not saying we should conscript them to become members of security operatives. To be securing who? But there are actually people they need to secure people from. In my village, I don't think there are police people mounting every place there. Mm-hmm. But it is not, it doesn't mean that we have security problems. It is people in a community that decide to say, okay, we want to become a security threat. So it's not even like probably 
government has done them anything wrong that made them decide to become security threats. They are the ones that decide how to want to go the criminal way hmm. as our own either means of livelihood or to become a problem in the society. You understand me? Mm-hmm. So my point is that why is it that the northern leaders always come up and say, bring money, give to China, bring money, give to China people in Saraka, now bring money, give this to bandits in, in, in the north, bring money, why are they always saying this is the solution? Thank you very much for calling us. The CBN has unfrozen those NSAS accounts finally. And that's uh, our third story. The accounts of 20 people and companies linked to the NSAS protests were frozen as far back as October. And we've been covering this. Some of them sued their banks and the banks said that it was the CBN that ordered the freezing. In fact, some of them, uh, it turned out um, uh, that the CBN... Uh, issued the order for their own accounts to be frozen um, but backdated it. And the CBN insisted that it was freezing these accounts because there were suspicious transactions possibly linked to terrorism. The affected Nigerians insisted that they had nothing to do with terror and they were simply exercising their legal right to peaceful protest or to send money to protesters or to receive money meant for uh, feeding protesters or pay their hospital bills after they were beaten by police during the protests. So this case has been dragging on for months at the Federal High Court in Abuja and now the court has ended it. Apparently lawyers from both sides, the protesters and the CBN, approached the court to say that they've they've, they've straightened everything out and decided to end the case. So the judge agreed and told the CBN to unfreeze the accounts. And so Nigerians are asking some questions here. Does this mean that the CBN now agrees that these people and these organizations were not involved in terrorism? And if so, are they owed more than an unfreezing of their accounts? Are they owed an apology for any damage to their reputation? Are they owed damages or interest on the loss of access to their money for over three months? Because remember, it's not as if CBN fought this case all the way to the end. CBN agreed to drop the case. And people are interpreting that to mean that CBN acknowledges that there's no crime. And if so... What are these innocent people entitled to? The central bank is part of the security architecture. Remember in our first story, Sheikh Gumi said security in Nigeria is overstretched. The first line of security is cutting off criminals from access to their funding. You don't need machine guns and rocket launchers to, uh, and, and, and tanks to do that. You just need an order from the CBN governor. And clearly, from this NSAS case, these, those orders are obeyed. So a lot of Nigerians are asking, how often has this same power been applied on bandits and other real threats to security in the country? Let's take a break. We'll be right back. You are listening to your number one station for talk. Your number one station for talk. 99.3 Nigeria Info. Let's talk. I'm Sandra Ezekwasilitz, 27 minutes, actually 28 now, past 3 o'clock. And you're listening to The Big Three on Hard Facts. We start every single day bringing you three of the biggest stories of the day and taking your thoughts on those stories. And then depending on the day, we switch gears and move on to something else once it's 4 o'clock. But every day at 5, we take a look at a policy issue in Nigeria. And today, cryptocurrency is that issue. So make sure you're still here by 5. 
5 when we're talking about cryptocurrency. We have one of the um, cryptocurrency exchanges joining us on the show. And we have the editor-in-chief of a business publication joining us on the show. So we're going to have a serious business business conversation by 5 p.m. But right now, the CBN has received an order from the High Court to unfreeze the NSAS accounts that they froze during the protests. And I had so many questions that I asked before the break. Because if both the CBN and the lawyers of the NSAS protesters are agreeing that they should drop the matter, does it mean that CBN agrees that these people, these organizations, were not involved in terrorism? Because that's why their accounts was frozen to begin with. Said suspicious transactions linked to terrorism. Does this mean that uh, these people and these organizations are not involved in terrorism? If CBN agrees that that's the case here, are they owed more than an unfreezing of their accounts? Are they owed an apology for any damage to their reputation? Are they owed damages? Are they owed interest? Because they couldn't touch their money for three months. How often has this same power been applied on bandits and other real threats to security in the country? What do you think about CBN agreeing to unfreeze the accounts of the NSAS protesters and the supporters of the NSAS protests? Do you think they're owed anything? 0700-993-993-993-0700-993-993-993. I have to be strict with the time so everybody gets 90 seconds. 1 minute 30 seconds because at 3.45 I have to hand you over to people who could teach you how to trade online. Uh, let's speak now to Tobechi. All right, Tobechi, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Tobechiku, actually. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Go ahead. Um, so, with regards to the um, NSARS movement and the freezing of the accounts, mm-hmm. this, this was actually just a tactic by the government to suppress the voices of um, the youth and um, those of us who were in support of the uh, movement in the first place because um, the NSARS movement was not just only about police brutality, but also the unfair treatment and the, you know, the lack of pay and the lack of due regard that is given to the policemen from the government. They're not being taken care of properly. Hmm. And um, we decided to take things into our own hands and fund the movement and also just in some way, shape or form, try to get the message across. Mm-hmm. Um, the government wasn't satisfied about this. So, and I don't know, but this is just a problem in in Nigeria on its own with mm. regards to the government. Um, when we complain about a certain issue, the government refuses to answer. When we decide to take up matters into our own hands and solve the issue ourselves, the government wants to come in and stop us from doing that. It's almost like we're not allowed to liberate ourselves hmm. we we are trapped in this um in between a rock and a hard place where we have to continuously be dependent on a government that isn't even incentivized to do things in the right way hmm. at all so yeah that's just my own two cents so Bechiku, thank you very much for calling to share your two cents it was great 99.3 hello good good afternoon good afternoon what's your name welcome Alua Shegun. go ahead yes I saw it coming that they will later unfreeze this account. Okay. Because I uh, I see it as heartlessness, wickedness of the highest order, especially by our elders, those who call themselves 
elders of the land. Okay. But however, I want to beg these youth and those those of us that supported them, mm. let them form a political party. These elders must leave. They must leave power. Because where the Awolo was then, the Tafabali was then, the, the promised land they took us to, they're taking us out of there. They are now taking us into the desert. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Lua Shagun. Thank you very much for calling. 0700-993-993-993. What do you think about... Uh, CBN agreeing to unfreeze the accounts of the NSAS protesters and supporters. What does that say? Do you think that the people whose accounts were, uh, were frozen are owed more than an unfreezing of their accounts? Are they owed anything more? Mm? Are they owed an apology? Are they owed damages? Are they owed anything else other than, okay, you can go now, we've frozen your accounts? Because remember, for three months, Three months, no access to your money. Can you imagine that? Gabriel Imbadagri, thanks for calling us. Uh, yes, uh, you, you you see, my, my sister, mm. the government is trying to uh, bring to, to tell us that uh, we are all fools. We don't know what we are doing in Nigeria. Okay, turn your radio down for me, then continue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, what I'm trying to say here is that uh, mm-hmm. the... The Nigerian government, mm. they knew where the problems of this country lies, but they always look the other side of this uh, or, 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 of the coins. Okay. Yeah. If, if uh, the, 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 the protesters should sue the government okay. for uh, the formation of character, that is what it means. Okay. What, what, what they accuse them for is, is not on the ground. Okay. Okay. That's my own take. Gabriel, thank you for calling to share your take. Our third story is about the distribution problem for the vice, uh, Pfizer vaccine and Kaduna State Government solution. Drones. Now, we've talked about this distribution problem many times. You need to store the Pfizer vaccine at minus 70 degrees Celsius until a couple of days before you use it. And we have the storage capacity in some central areas, but once you go into rural areas, it's impossible because no electricity, no special freezers. So if you're taking it by road, you're going to end up with maybe a lot of spoiled vaccines, especially if you don't have more than enough people waiting to receive it immediately. And the Kaduna state government wants to solve that problem, that uh, distribution problem. They're solving it with drones. We talked about about this particular thing very briefly on Friday, but now we have more details. First of all, the drones can get the vaccines to any community in Kaduna within minutes or hours. Second of all, the trip can be planned down to the second. The health authorities can wait until the village clinic calls them to say 30 people are here for vaccination. Oh, and then the authorities can send precisely 30 vaccines by drone. No waste, no wait. Well, that's how it's supposed to work, Sha. <laughs> but, you know, election materials are also supposed to arrive early in the morning and, you know, things happen. But that's it. Here are the numbers. Kaduna State is starting with um, 30 drones in April at the earliest. The drones will be delivering vaccines to 255 health centers across the state from a central farmer storage warehouse. Right now, the Kaduna State Government is training 3,000 officers to manage the facilities. 
And we're hearing that other states are interested in adopting this drone model as well. So I'm wondering what you think. Do you think Kaduna State is on is onto something here? Do you think they're on the right path here? 0700-993-993-993. Three stories on the big three today. Sheikh Gumi asking government to grant amnesty to repentant bandits. And uh, the court ordering CBN to unfreeze the accounts of NSAS protesters. And now we talked about Kaduna contracting a drone service to deliver um, COVID-19 vaccines. Which of these stories do you want to talk about? You get one minute, 30 seconds to do it because at 3.45, I'm handing over to... Uh, people who want to teach you about online trading. Peter is in Palm Grove. Hello, Peter. Good afternoon, Salva. Good afternoon. Welcome. Yes, I, I think uh, the Cardinal government is talking of uh, even distribution of the vaccine. Hmm. Well, we have not even, uh, you know, talk of NAVDAC, you know, checking whether to know whether the vaccine is even good for consumption uh, in Nigeria. We are even talking about distribution. You know, in our part of the world, the, the weather is very, very hot. So I, I, I don't think that I don't think we should not even come and have a contaminated, you know, kind of vaccine delivered to Nigerians. We have to be very, very careful. The issue of vaccine. For me, I decide I'm not going to take any vaccine because I don't have any COVID and I will not have it. You know, I want to. Uh, how how old are you, Peter? How old are you? I'm forty-something. Ah, okay. Yes. Okay, go on. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, Sandra. I want to talk about the second issue about the answer. You have thirty I seconds. Think, I think it's a, it's a victory for Nigerian youth. Okay. Well, talk about that judgment. Mm. And this is the the time that Nigerian youth should take it to the next level. When when you are talking about twenty twenty three election, mm. let the youth select uh, three candidates across the country. And they should go online and every youth in this country should vote for those candidates. Anyone that, that is choosing a winner, they automatically Nigerian youth should sponsor that candidate and find a political party for that candidate. Let's uh-huh. not forget about PDP or APC. Thank you, Peter, for calling us. Chris Nokoko Michael, you've got 90 seconds. Okay, one and why. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Yeah, uh, let me start by saying I think uh, it's quite appalling at this point in time that we continue to do the same thing and expect a different result at the end of the day. Talking about what Shay uh, Gumi is saying, I think, I mean, it, it, it didn't go down well with me because uh, if you recall, Sandra, uh, I think uh, former governor, I mean, the current governor of Katsina State, mm. I mean, Masari actually took the same step some time ago. Mm-hmm. And what, what greeted it was uh, Kankara voice adoption mm-hmm. after he gave a uh, bandit. Uh, so what are we saying? If we should do the same thing now, now what I mean, what assurance is he giving the general public that after giving those people Ahmed that another thing is not going to happen the next day mm. and the voice will not another group will not just spring out from nowhere tomorrow and start demand I mean causing mayhem and still demanding for another Ahmed. I think uh, before giving Ahmed, I think those who should be giving Ahmed are those who are championing, I mean, a just cause, not those who are set out to kill people, uh, uh, I mean, just by the way, whichever they wish. You know, I think uh, we shouldn't, we, nobody should actually, actually, actually support that. Bandits are just causing them, killing people. So I don't think that, that there's no justification for that demand. So there's no way in my own, I mean, belief. Hmm. I don't support anybody giving them our message. I'm talking about CBN. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's a good one now, finally. I think uh, they, they, I mean, I mean, I, 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 I agree to, I mean, uh, uh, 
to settle out of court. I believe that it's an admission of saying that those people actually never committed any offense in the first place. So then, in the eyes of the law, I'm not a lawyer, but I believe that there should be a penalty for that because for, to damage somebody's image, I mean, it's quite a lot. So I suppose that the law should take its course. It doesn't really matter who is involved. Thank you very much for calling, Chris. Uh, Strike Phoenix says on Twitter, have they actually complied with the order? That's the main news. It's not just that the order was or has been given. All right, we've got more messages here. P Master says Nigeria is not um, um, CBN freezes Ensa's protest account, but they cannot freeze the people that Shigumi went to visit last week. So CBN are saying I'm a terrorist because I went to Lekito Gate last October, but they couldn't declare herdsmen terrorists. Hmm. Peter, thank you for your message. We've got more messages coming in. MBA Trader says, how can you say we do not have the capacity to end banditry in Nigeria? What a failed ideology. Perfect Logistics says, the man is speaking from the point of weakness, helplessness, and helplessness. Insane climbs. Remission isn't just granted to anybody just anyhow there must be cogent and verifiable basis for giving amnesty one demerit of granting amnesty is it breeds more criminality we've got uh onwanasi dennis on twitter who says the court has said it let's see if our tyrannical government obeys the court let's and um, let's wait and see all right thank you for your message i've got a message on whatsapp from ezekiel in zaria Wow, Ezekiel, thank you for listening all the way from Zaria. And Ezekiel says, Sandra, they're telling government to keep amnesty, to, to give amnesty to bandits while innocent protesters had their accounts frozen. How can a country that punishes patriots and rewards killers get to the promised land? May God forgive us and heal our land. Ezekiel, what a way to put it. Thank you very much for sending your message in. We appreciate it. Sandra, me and my family will not take the COVID-19 vaccine. Um, For more than five months, no one has died of COVID in my neighborhood with a population of more than 20,000 people. People go out daily for business without contracting the virus. All right, that's your prerogative. We've got uh, Chukudi Uraba who says... There was no need to freeze the accounts of the NSAS protesters in the first place. There's nothing illegal or criminal in donating for peaceful protests, as it is the practice in all free and democratic societies. For the sake of clarity, it is not the job of CBN to place embargoes on accounts of peaceful protesters. The CBN is an independent organization that is supposed to be autonomous, as expressly stated in the CBN Act of 2007. Chukudi, thank you very much for your message. I love hearing from Chukudi. Oyebisi from Sangot says, uh, Sandra, can you see the inconsistency in the headlines? Someone froze accounts of protesters and someone else is is saying give handshake and hugs to bandits. I think I want Jesus to come soon. It is very tiring, the things we're doing in this country. I'm very sorry you feel like that, but thank you so much for sending that message in. We've got... um, Uh, One final message that we can take a look at before I uh, move over. My name is Cyril. It's so annoying listening to Gumi. Obviously, they know where those bandits are. So what what do they need the amnesty for? What will happen to those they have killed? No justice? 
protecting lives and property is the job of the security personnel. They should be arrested and treated as terrorists. That means I can kill someone and seek for amnesty. It's going to be unfair if government accepts Gumi's suggestion. Cyril, thank you for your message and thank you Lagos for being a part of today's Big Three. Stay here. Immediately after you learn about online trading, we're going to talk about house chores. We're going to talk about whose responsibility it is to run the household. A man shared his own story on Twitter and caused a storm on Twitter. And I'm bringing that storm here. Let's hope we don't fight too much.